Hey everyone, it's Irina from The Family. Welcome back to the Sistership podcast. Sistership is an initiative by The Family dedicated to women, tech, and entrepreneurship. The aim is to inspire through interviews of extraordinary women. One topic that we're constantly addressing is the importance of role models. Our next guest, Anya Salazard, was lucky to work for strong women in a largely female-led setting. For her, choosing the people you work for is immensely important because they have a huge impact on who you're going to become. For Agnes, all her bosses were her mentors. Agnes was the managing director at Ofemina Group, where she learned how to lead teams authentically, how to deal with new environments through giving others trust, how to enjoy a big family whilst managing an awesome career. For Agnes, constant learning is an essential factor to success. So let's kick off this interview and learn from her experience. were part of Ofemina for 11 years. How d- did you initially get to be there and what was the reason that made you stay there for such a long time? Um, well, the reason why I joined was um, because I started in the traditional media and after a couple of years I realized that there were you know, other values that I wanted to fight for. Um, one of them was women empowerment, and that was core in the mission of Ofemina. Um, and I had two children at the time, and I wanted to get rid of international. I was thinking, you know, too much traveling just is just um, enough. Uh, and I wanted to go for, um, you know, a more like a job on the domestic market. And then I met with the founders, and they were hiring someone to cover international. And in a very strong professional coherence, I decided to go to international again. And then I thought, well, you know, I'll find a way to figure out how to deal with the whole thing because I was so attracted by, you know, their vision um, and also finding the freedom to act in a smaller company that I didn't have in, in a bigger one. So I had no idea when I joined that I would end up, you know, managing director of the company. I started, you know, an international, developing the business and, um, if I have to say, like the, 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 so, so I didn't have a plan, like I didn't have um, a plan, like a, a path that I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do this and this and that, and then I, I'm going to end up managing the company. Um, but the, the truth is that I've never compromised on the pride to be there. And that led me to push things, push, 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 to do the things that I thought we had to do, whatever it took. So, and this is how I ended up um, you know, managing the company, and it was an amazing experience. I'm extremely proud of everything we've done. Um, the people, I, I mean, the people that I worked with, I admire them so much. And I was also very lucky to have, um, you know, to find people that also led, you know, the path for me. Like, they, they were showing me the way, whether the founders at the beginning, but then... You know, the CEOs that were leading the company, Marie-Laure Sotichel, she's been leading the company for eight years. She really was showing me the way, like, as a woman to, um, to do whatever it took to do what you want to do. So, so it was, yeah, I mean, the, the, the reason why I stayed there for so long is that I had a, so much fun. <laughs> um, and um, and, and it, was, um, it was really, I mean, the values that I wanted to fight for, um, Curiosity, agility, performance, um, international growing—all uh, the things that really are driving me—and and and I need a purpose in whatever I do, and I could find a purpose there. And you mentioned uh, that you worked basically in very female-driven environments. Yeah. How important was that for you to be surrounded with 
by female leaders. Yes. So at Ofemina, it's half half. Like uh, you know, we have like uh, there's as many men as women. But um, it's true. In my in all my jobs um, at Ofemina and before, I've always worked for women. I, it, it was not a decision. I didn't decide that I wanted to work for women. But I realized quickly that you need to find. I mean, you need to choose the people you work for. Just as much as you need to choose the people you work with and the people you hire and everything, because the people that you work for, they really have an, an immense impact on who you actually are going to to become. So having people, you know, ahead of me, like my, my first boss was a, a woman, very strong, very powerful, very inspiring, and then I've always. I mean, I've been so lucky that oh, I mean, all my bosses were mentors. <laughs> like, and I don't know if I decided to work for them. I mean, they also decided to work with me. But um, eventually, that's what happened. So I've, I've, it was not a decision that I make. Like, I want to find models. I want to find, you know, female leadership because that's what I want to become. Um, I've never been thinking that way. But it's what happened. And now, looking backwards, I can see how lucky I've been that it happened to me. So you would suggest to other, well, female men, re regardless, to find mentors because I mean, yes, find mentors. Yeah, the people that are going to give you confidence, that are going to see, I mean, that are going to reveal your own brightness, and they're going to then give you the confidence to do whatever you want. Um, so yeah. What was the reason for leaving Ofemina after 11 years? Well, I've spent 11 years. <laughs> That's for one thing. Um, I mean, the company changed a shareholder. Um, it was not anymore, you know, quoted on the stock exchange. So it's a different story for the for the company. And it's part of um, TF1, which is the number one broadcaster in France. Um, so so it's it's a different chapter of the company that is now, you know, part of a much bigger group, um, owned 100% by one shareholder. Um, and I think, you know, I also needed a change so I also needed a change I've been I'm, I'm very very proud of what we've been building you know transforming the business model building new countries new markets new expertise um, you know the, I mean the people that are in this company are the most courageous people I've ever seen um, so so it's um, it's I think it was just time for me to sort of you know take everything that I got from this experience and try and, um, and you know, provide this to other projects. And also, I felt like um, what I really enjoyed is learning. Like, I remember the first days in the companies, I felt like I would not understand a word of what other people were saying, you know, the words they were saying. I, I didn't get anything. Um, and I felt like you know, being back to school, like learning and learning and learning and learning. And I love you know, emotional marketing, content, media. It's my passion. I've loved this for you know, forever. Um, but I can see that there's this sort of big mountain growing next to it that is data, technology, and so on. And I, I cannot live in this world not understanding what technolo how technology is actually changing so much everything around. And I want to learn. And I want to know. And I, I'm, I'm sure you know all the issues about data, about what you do with it, um, are crucial to how the world is going to become. And I want to be part of it as well. So I want to, and <laughs> I've started like it's my week three in my new job. And I, I, I mean, I've improved a lot. Like my level now is much better than it was <laughs> two weeks ago. But it's still, I'm still in a very, very strong learning curve. So yeah, that's why I enjoy it. Are there any other things that you do apart from uh, being emerged in new projects and working with new teams that you do for yourself to learn more about uh, what is going on right now and how tech is developing or what new trends are coming up? Um, what do you mean? Like, um, 
Do well, you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? Oh yeah. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I I I try and learn from every moment, from the moment I wake up till the moment I go to bed. So I like everyone who wants to see me, I will see them because I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's something that I need to learn uh, from this person. Um, I I I'm. I'm trying to be like as open-minded as I can. I know I don't know, so it's 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 uh, it's constantly. Every time I have like a certainty that is coming in, I'm worried. I'm scared. So I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> you maybe there's something you didn't see. So I think um, I'm now I'm now finding balance in uncertainty. I'm now finding balance in discomfort and comfort. Yeah, comfort in, the, in discomfort is where I think you put yourself in a situation where you always learn and um, you're always aware that you need to grow all the time all the time so yeah i mean everything like podcasts um, i'm on i mean I'm, I'm 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 i've got of course people that i follow and uh, that inspire me uh, all the time i'm on ted like all the time every time i have some free time i'm on ted ted so, is fun yeah there's amazing content there yeah, as well. amazing content yeah and uh, you've managed quite big teams uh how do you make sure that uh you keep an individualist approach and you keep uh, even intimate relationships with t team members when the team is at a scale where you cannot always uh, provide your time? Um, well, I don't have a recipe, <laughs> for one. Um, I think what my first experience as a manager, I, w I did terrible, like, like really bad. Um, I was like 28, I was managing two people and From day one, I'm thinking, okay, now I'm a manager, so I have to behave like a manager. So what does a manager do? How does a manager behave? How much distance you need to create? Now you're, you're, you know, you're an important person, now you're a manager. And that was, that was, that was like the worst, of course, ever. Um, and then in two weeks, I realized that it was really not the right way to do things. And also, I could not recognize myself. Like, I was like, who's this person sitting on this chair? You know, it's not you behaving like this or doing this or doing that. Um, and so, so, so then I realized that, you know, status and role is extremely fragile and it doesn't give you any power, any, and what, what actually really, um, you know, provides a legitimate leadership is to act, you know, the way that you believe is the right way to act. So that um, I've then I've given up like all the books that I've had <laughs> read on management and things, and then I was just trying to do things by you know listening to my intuitions, listen, listening to um, people trying to change the look that I had on things, trying to find uh, always you know a reason to uh, admire the people that are there, trying to reveal you know their skills and and how much you know they were actually providing me. So I was I was I, I think I've always um, tried to lead by example like I do the things this way because I think that's the way we should do it. Um, and always also try to, um, to, 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 I mean, to, I mean, to grow people, I mean, to, to get people to grow um, and, and hence, you know, find the, um, I mean, be sometimes like very far and sometimes very close and adapt and adjust constantly, constantly adapt and adjust. So no, I don't have recipes or rules. Um, I'm just trying to do things the way I feel like they should be done, and um, and um, I'm trying to be as self-critical as I can to you know to improve. So, um, but I've um, I've always been 
thinking that management is the most difficult thing. So the only way to do it, I mean, to me right, is to do it with all your heart because then you can be wrong, but at least you're authentic and you're sincere. That's beautifully said. Mm. <laughs> and has your... I know you've been only three days at a new company, but... Three weeks. You, three weeks, <laughs> It feels sorry. like three days. <laughs> feels like three days. Uh, but uh, do you consciously now think about uh, whether you need to change some of your leadership style or are you taking some uh, different approaches into uh, dealing with the new team and the new environment? Um, I feel like... Um, um, I think what, I mean, I think to have, I mean, to, to give trust to others, you need to show that not, nothing scares you. So this is what I, how it, I'm trying to be like now is, um, whatever the situation, I have no fear. If I have no fear, you shouldn't have any. Mm. Um, so because, because, you know, even if we fail, that's all right. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to inspire that, um, if we believe in what we're doing, then we shouldn't fear anything because if you really want something, it will happen. Is that how you deal with doubt? How, how we deal with self-doubt when you feel doubtful about uh, if you're doing things right? Yes. Or? When I feel, when I doubt, I, uh, yeah, exactly. Like when I doubt, I try and ask my inner self, um, you know, what, I mean, what are the values that drive me? And I ask, I kind of ask my values to show me the way. And if I do things like my values would do it, then usually it's the best thing I can do at that, at that very moment. Did you actively look for your values or try to figure out what they are throughout the span of your career? Or is it something that you subconsciously knew was there? Um, I don't know. I think there's like consciously or subconsciously something that you feel is the thing you have to do, like what is the right thing to do? What makes me proud of what I'm doing? And, and I, I, yes, I mean, my value comes from what makes me proud. And um, so, so if I act and, and I'm proud of what I'm doing and I do not want to you know, disappoint everyone I know, like my family, my friends, my colleagues, my boss, my shareholders, whoever, um, I feel that's the right thing to do. Do you see yourself as ambitious? Um, I don't see myself as ambitious in the sense that I never had a planned career, like a path and steps that were supposedly going to take me somewhere. But it is true that um, uh, I, I, everything I do, I want to be big. Like, like everything, every project I, I, you know, I, I spend time on, everything I do, I want this thing to be big, to be worth it. Um, you know, fine, for example, is a word that I hate because fine is just fine is boring. Like mm. fine is, it's fine. Um, whereas, you know, you feel either great or bad, like you're over-enthusiastic or you're depressed, but you're not just fine because fine is like when you start to, uh, to accept things, to, to endure, to, to suffer from situations. Whereas if you, if you're, if, if the way you look at things is, okay, I have difficulties, it's hard, but I, you know, the, I mean, I like, I embrace these difficulties, then you, you win over the difficulties and the challenge. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's, that's how I do it. When we chatted beforehand, you mentioned that one thing that's very important to you is uh, to be free yeah. and to ha yeah, have uh, an approach in your work where yeah. you're, it's very individualized when you have space. Uh, yeah. It's quite different uh, when you're in an established company than when you uh, are the founder of the company. So how do you yeah. make sure that you get that freedom inside of an established thing? 
Yeah, uh, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I moved, you know, from you know a more like traditional big media group to um, to a feminine to the startup world because that's where you can be free, like free to speech, free to act, free to do things, um, and. Um, the thing is, I understand the rules, I understand the standards, but if I don't um, think they're right, then I will fight against them. So, um, and that's how I'm free. And every time I'm encountering difficulties or doubts, I say to myself, you decided to be there. You know, it's your decision, it's your choice to be there. So sometimes it's, it's difficult, it's not always easy and simple, but if I'm, if I'm in this situation, it's because I want to be in this situation. And if you don't want to be in this situation, then do something else. Um, so this gives me the freedom. Like I feel free. I feel free because I feel like ev like I decide what I to be here because I want to be here. If I don't want to be here, then I'll do something else. So this gives me like freedom in my in my mind. Like I feel I feel free. I feel free to to say what I have to say, do what I have to do, and act you know the way I think we need to do. So you are in control of the things that are happening. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could say in control, or I if I feel like I'm not in control, then I will do everything to. Um, to have ownership of everything that happens to me. Right. Yeah. And you have three kids now, right? Four. Four, yeah. almost. How do you balance it out? How do you find time to pursue uh, an amazing career and then manage to spend time with your family yeah. as well? I struggle. <laughs> uh, I struggle, but you know, again, you know, I wanted to have a big family, so and I could see no reason why you cannot have a big family if you want to have a big family and also a job you like if you want to have a job you like. So how do I do? Well, A, I don't have the perfect family uh, and it's okay. <laughs> uh, and I reset priorities all the time. Like if my flat is messy but the fridge is full and the kids are happy, that's good. Um, uh, so, so I'm not trying to achieve something specifically. The, like I'm just, I just want my family to be happy and be happy with my family. Um, I will not allow people to um, to judge things. Like, um, like, like uh, in, in in Germany, for example, maybe you've known this word. There's this word that is. Um, called the Rabenmutter, it's like uh, mothers uh, that work, and because, you know, the raven, so Raben means um, raven, so the raven, the way they behave is that when the, the, the kids or the babies, <laughs> the baby raven are born, they, like, the mother leave the nest and leave the babies and she goes away. Um, and so it kind of says that you cannot be a good mother and a good professional. You, you, either you're a bad mother or you're a bad professional. Um, so, so this I don't understand, you know, this mindset. <laughs> this I don't understand. So I'm not perfect at anything, but I'm trying to do the best I can. And then it's, it's also, with, I mean, of course there are things that I don't do. Um, essentially things that I want to do for myself. Like, um, like I want to spend more time, you know, in the association that, I, that, I, that I'm interested in and I don't do it enough and I want to take you know evening classes to learn Spanish and I want to play the piano again this I postpone I don't give up <laughs> it's just postpone for later now I know that priorities are like my like the free time I have is for my family and for my kids and my couple um, so the way I do it is I try to um, to create uh, rituals or or moments like for example we do um, family meetings so so, <laughs> so on the fringe there's this sheet of paper where everyone who has something to say in the family writes down on the fridge. Okay, for the next family meeting, we need to address this issue. You know, there, there is never orange juice when I come for breakfast. I don't understand why, da da da, da. Or um, we haven't done this uh, together since blah, blah, blah. I want to do this together. So, and then we have like a, 
I mean, it's not on a monthly basis, but it's um, like regularly monthly month family meetings where we all sit around the table, and it starts by everyone saying something good about someone. So it's good because you don't sort of jump into everything that goes bad, <laughs> and then we fix problems. Um, so it's like um, you know creating. Uh, rituals or things to have free speech to discuss about what's going well, what's not going well, I'm happy, I'm not happy, I, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, you know, like Friday evening, like every Friday evening or almost every Friday evening, we have a family movies. So family movies is like everyone watching the same movie at the same time. So we can then, you know, I mean, we share our passion for movies, but we also like the movies that they like. Um, and they, they also, you know, they're from like 6 to 15, so they don't necessarily like the same movies. But, <laughs> but everyone gets to the level of the others. Um, and so and that creates also common references, you know, the, I mean, jokes that we have together or things that we can refer together. So, um, but so, so it's a lot of struggle in the sense that, of course, I'm not there to pick them up at school. Um, but I don't feel guilty because I feel that also I'm you know, giving them an example and we're giving them with my husband the example that you can have a job that you like and at the same time be extremely concerned and, and, and my priority definitely is my family. Um, so, so that's the example that I want to give them because I think in their lives, this is, is, this is what they also need to, to acknowledge, like to be aware of. So instead of balancing out, you're basically leveraging what your experience is professionally and privately and sort of <laughs> making a blend. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's true that I'm, um, I mean, and, and it goes both ways. Um, so everything I also experience in my family, I'm trying to leverage and, and get learnings for my professional life as well. So yeah, it goes both ways. But I've never been thinking like, you know, there's, there's one part of me that is a professional and then the other part of me that is, you know, pers uh, uh, per my, my personal life. So I know that it's, um, I learn from one life for the, for the other and, 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 and backwards, so... Have you ever experienced uh, gender bias in your career? Yes. I, <laughs> I can't believe that everybody says no. Um, yes, although I've been, I mean, as I said earlier, I've been extremely, extremely lucky that I've always had bosses that pushed me. And so I've never felt, um, I've never felt that I was prevented from, you know, going to the next level because I was a woman. This I never felt. But I experienced many, many times, like, like, um, like, you know, like everyday sexism, like, you know, small things. It's just, it's just there. And um, maybe I'm going to tell you one story that is pretty funny. Yes, it's, um, uh, we, um, so my boss and I, the CEO of Ofemina and I, we were meeting with um, an investment fund. And the guy, he was, uh, he was young, like he was 40-something. Um, and he, he came and he was uh, presenting us a project that we were supposed to invest into um, in media for equity. So we were like, going through the business plan and um, so we we're like, going pretty much in-depth into you know, how it was structured and built and the numbers, da-da-da. And then he stopped and then he said, um, wow, you're asking clever questions. Is your husband in banking? What, like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And the worst being, yes, my husband is in banking. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with me asking the right questions. Come on. So that was, to be honest, and, and, and you know the worst being, I was so surprised. I mean, we both were so surprised that we didn't even, like, like punched him. We were like, no, 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 no. We kept on going. Then, of course, we closed the door and we're like, ah! But the, the, this is terrifying, like, that two women in our positions... We're, I mean, we're so like surprised, and we just didn't know what to say, that we just didn't say anything. 
it's 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 terrible. <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but um, yeah, this is just to say that um, it's just normal. It's just um, so so maybe the reason why all of you said no, I've never experienced it, is just because you don't you're not consciously aware that it is happening. Um, but uh, but I've you know I've you know I mean to be honest, I've never I've never seen. I've never realized there was a woman. I mean, before I started working and before I had kids, like before that, I had like I I, I couldn't see any difference between me and my friends, and uh, you know I I mean I didn't see any difference. But when I had my children, then I realized that I was a woman, and that people were sort of looking at me like now I mean you're different, um, and I couldn't feel any different <laughs> so so yeah I mean I think this is you know something that we need to be very conscious of and we need to um, to pay attention to it and to change things at any level we can just small things will eventually you know have a big impact but not being conscious of it is an issue you need to be very conscious of it and then of course you know there are many many things to be done um, so, so I've been you know, trying since then to do as much as I could to help, you know, I mean, push, push it and, and give women the confidence that they, that they need to be able to speak and also to act um, in a way that was, you know, uh, giving them more freedom and, um, and the role they deserve in, in the society. Beautiful. Hmm. If you could go back in time and talk to your 16-year-old self, what would you tell her? Uh, I would tell her, um, trust your guts, um, trust your guts, uh, act. Uh, and I would also tell her to, to keep her, her, her eyes of a 16-year-old and, and, and remain 16 forever. Um, because it's not because you grow that you're, you, know, you, you cannot keep the same you know, freshness at things, energy, um, you know. <laughs> openness and um and i think this i mean at least this is what um what is making me happy is to f i feel like i'm 16 i'm not same. <laughs> my daughter is 15 and i feel like i'm the same age as her but i'm not um and uh, but i yeah i mean i think i still feel things and uh of course i'm getting wiser hopefully <laughs> to some extent but um yeah i think uh, i would i would give i would give myself this advice beautiful thanks a lot for thank you very the much lovely conversation thank you. Thank you. So who has questions here? Yes. Over there. Vlad will pass on the mic? Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Hi. Carol. I'm the CUN funder of June Paris. We make diapers for babies. Um, thank you so much. It was so interesting. Uh, very, very enlightening. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, my question is, uh, we're, uh, as a startup, we know how to create value, but it's harder to maintain. Um, you'll see my point. Uh, we create uh, small teams, but when we scale up, we move to managing a team to managing managers. And so my challenge right now is I've, I'm, I'm moving into the phase where I need to have uh, like, a, like chief marketing, chief growth, chief ops. I have a chief ops. I've just recruited my CMO. I'm looking for my chief growth. And I have no idea how to manage my managers because I'm used to managing my small teams and be really hands-on with them and really into everything they do. But I don't really know how I will be. I have no idea how to manage a manager who's going to manage my teams. Mm. And I'm afraid I'm going to lose the scope of 
everything that goes on inside the teams once I focus on only on general management of, of June. So I'm afraid of that and I don't really know. So I'm sure you have some input. Yeah, um, I think there are two things. You need to protect your, your CMO or your, your managers and also you, you cannot lose the relationship that you have with the people that are now going to be managed by someone else. So you need to change the relationship that you have with the people that you used to manage because the people you used to manage, they like you, they worked with you, and this is maybe one of the reasons they still are in the company because they, ha they have this relationship with you. If they lose this relationship with you, then they're going to feel left behind and they're going to feel you don't like love them anymore, which is, of course, not true. So at the same time, you need to change this relationship Uh, so don't lose this relationship. Don't think that because you have a manager between you and them, you cannot talk to them directly. Um, but you need to talk to them maybe differently. You need to talk to them in other moments, informal talks and so on, but still you need to be there. And then you need to give the power of you, the people you hire to manage these people to actually, you, to actually become legitimate managers. Um, it's not because they have the role, again, as I said earlier, that they will have the legitimacy. So you need to, to train them, to share with them how you have become a legitimate leader for the others so they can then become themselves a legitimate leader for them. That would be my advice. Thank you. Yes? Yeah, thanks for the recipe uh, as a family and thanks for the inspiring talk. Uh, I just have a question. After 11 years at Ofimina, so uh, as a startup, uh, you, you become an MD. Uh, did you hesitate to also found your own company? And if yes or if no, why did, did you go into it? Okay. Uh, you mean to, like found my own company? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the tr I mean, the thing is, I mean, I've been thinking about it because I've been asked the question many times. Um, but I love the people I work with. Like, I really do. And uh, I, I, lo I love to work collectively. I love to be part of something that is bigger than me um, and that together we're taking somewhere even bigger. Um, so I never felt like I don't have the ownership or I don't have the whole power or it's not exactly my ideas or I would do things differently because I've always felt... Like, I was running the business the way I wanted. Um, I was making the decisions that I wanted. I've never felt prevented from running the activity the way I wanted. So I've never had any frustrations that I could have had. Um, we had a great shareholder. We made acquisitions. We developed internationally. Um, we changed the business model. So I didn't... I mean, the truth is I, I, I love the people I work with. I was amazed by how strong they were, by how um, experienced, courageous, um, how dedicated they were. I also felt that I owed them um, to, uh, to, to succeed you know, together. So I, I didn't feel the frustration that maybe could have led me to you know, deciding that um, it was, it, I, I wanted to have my own company. But after this experience, I mean. Oh, after this yeah. experience. Um, after this experience, um, well, I mean, I think that what really drives me is, is learning. Um, I okay. don't think I can learn from myself. Uh, I know I learn from others. 
So I, I'm happier in an environment where I learn from others, mm -hmm. and this is what's happening to me now. Like, I really can see that I'm so far away yeah. <laughs> uh, that I know that, that there, I have a big, big learning curve, um, and that really what's driving. Like, I'm excited because I'm learning, and I need to learn from okay. others. So Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. You. Anyone else? Hi, hello, my name is Hi. Delphine. I'm the co-founder of Ma Bonne Fée. Okay. We help parents uh, in the first month after the birth of their kids. Yeah. And regarding the, the fact that you had kids when working, I guess, quite a lot, yeah. uh, did, you, did you have any uh, advantages or did you think some stuff um, that the companies could do could help you manage this better? Yeah. This can be for women, but this should be true for men, for men as, as well. well. Yeah. Today. Um, yeah. Well, um, I mean, as I said, you know, the reason why I mean I, I'm so happy at Ofemina is I was I was given a lot of freedom. I was given a lot of freedom, um, free time, um, the ability to work where I want, when I want, and so uh, yes, I mean, definitely, I think you know. Um, Companies need to, and if you really trust the people that are working uh, with you, for you, um, then they should be able to adjust their time of work and place of work the way they want. Um, this is the change that I've had. Uh, so it is true that, you know, I've, I mean, I've had um, very long, I should say that, I've had very long maternity leaves. I wanted to breastfeed. I did breastfeed as much as I wanted. Um, I was working at the same time, but that's, that was fine, you know, with me. I had my first um, child when I was 25. So to, I started my professional life at the same time that I started being a mother. So to me, there was no sort of, you know, you have your professional life and then you have children. So then you need to adjust. Like I had both at the same time. So from the beginning, I, I, I knew that I wanted to take care of my daughter and that at the same time I wanted to enjoy my work. So I've always, you know, organized my, my life and work so, so that my, my personal life would adapt to my work and my work will adapt to my personal life. And I was, um, and, and, um, you know, just as much as I say, you know, in, in the way I, that I've, I've, I've been working, I've always been thinking that uh, everything that you think is impossible is possible. I did the same, you know, in, in my sort of personal, professional organization. Uh, you know, and so I ask for, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I managed to, uh, I managed to have free time. And, uh, but, but it's true that some other women, and I think we also need to respect that, you know, when they're home, they don't want to work. And I, I mean, I've started another another day at work, you know, and on the on the kitchen table many many times after the kids were were in bed. But that's that's fine with me. I'd rather do that and be there for their dinner rather than come home late and not see them at night. So, yeah. Hello, thank Hi. you very much. Um, it's often said that the imposter syndrome is stronger for women. Yes. And I believe we can see that even in interview. So I was wondering, in like, for instance, hiring process, it's something that you have taken into account I, when you hire women or men. Uh, how do you deal with that? Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell you another story. Like I um, was interviewing uh, very good profiles for a position like uh, to lead interna the international business of Ofemina. And in the same day, I interviewed two people, both had the same background. HHSC, um, found their startup, fail, look for a job. Uh, one, the girl, uh, she had traveled, you know, she had opened subsidiaries in various countries, 
um, and the guy didn't. So one had international experience and, and the guy didn't. The girl, when we, you know, we had the interview, she couldn't help but tell me how guilty she felt for all the people she hired and eventually she led them to failure. So that it was very hard for her after she realized that you know, she had to close the company to now get back on track, da 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 da, da. And she kept on saying, I'm not sure I'm fit for the role because um, I don't have an international experience. It was like, well, you've, you know, you've lived abroad, you've opened companies in other countries, you have an international experience. Yes, but not exactly in the area that you're hiring for. And, and then I, like an hour later, I, I had uh, the guy, same, same profile, I should say, startup, the, the exact same. And he kept on saying how amazing the experience was and how much he learned from every step of building this company up to the moment where the best decision he could make was to actually close the business because da, 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 da. So the, sto the storytelling was terrible because as a recruiter, you don't want to hire her. She doesn't inspire you, confidence, trust, but she has, you know, and it's terrifying because, you know, the, the good decision would have been to hire him um, and not her because, because, you know, how can she lead the business if she herself has got no esteem for what everything she's been doing? So eventually didn't hire either of them. But, um, but I was really shocked like, you know, when having this, this experience, like having these two interviews, like one after the next, and seeing a huge difference in confidence. So yes, um, I think it's, I mean, I think the imposter syndrome is huge. It's huge for women. Because the thing is that in professional life, what is valued is not what is valued at school. And the reason why girls are better at school, but then they're not you know, performing or succeeding as well as men, because what the values that are, um, that are you know, um, uh, that are, how do you say, rewarded at school are you need to do your work on time, deliver what is expected from the teacher, uh, do things, the, I mean, follow the method and so on. Whereas in the, whereas in the professional life, what is valued is be creative, do things your own way. Don't, I mean, show up, uh, be good at telling your story, be good at um, finding sponsors, be good at um, you know, finding the people that are going to help you, be good at networking. So, so yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, that's what, what's called the, um, le complexe de la bonne élève. That is, that is really stop being a bonne élève. Uh, you know, find your, find your path, like do the things your own way, act, no fear, do things. And don't start to sort of do what is expected from you. Nothing is expected from you. Do things the way you want to do. So yes, I mean, I'm, I mean, at least the people that I manage and that I work closely with, I really, really push them to 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 give up. I mean, to uh, to give up this uh, imposture syndrome. Yes, you can acknowledge that. Yes, you know. So be conscious of it. Like when you see it coming, be conscious of it, and then push it away. Mm -hmm.